Good afternoon, everybody. Just thought we'd record a little conversation uh, this afternoon. Um, I've got two good friends with me. I've got Grayson Hart. Afternoon, Grayson. Good afternoon, Sam Jarman, and it's an honour to be here again. <laughs> if you hear some strange noises as Grayson's talking, he has got his little French bulldog, Artie, sat on his lap at the moment. So if you hear snoring, it's not me, it's Artie. I'll get rid of him in five minutes. The, the the poor guy's just happy to see me. I've just come home from training. It's not a problem, mate. It's not a problem. You crack on. So um, we are also joined by our good friend Adam Ash, the back row from the Glasgow Warriors, who we have both been talking to about this stuff for the last uh, three or four years. So good afternoon, Ad. How are you? Good afternoon, fellas. I'm well, thank you. Uh, good to be here with you guys. Um, you guys have done some fantastic podcast over the last few weeks i've been listening in i've been enjoying and uh, i think it's about time i get involved in some of this conversation mate we're looking forward to hearing from you that's great stuff so a lot of uh, the conversations over the past couple of weeks have been prompted by questions from various coaches and players and stuff so carrying on that theme we've had a couple of questions come in about transitions within the game whether that's a player coming into a first team environment as a young player and also how maybe the senior players or a coach in that environment could make that transition easier and then also transitions as players come towards the end of, of a career and they maybe start to think about what they're going to do after rugby maybe that might be due to an injury so how that would uh, maybe affect somebody's perspective on life going forward so let's throw that out and uh have a little chat around that. Sounds good. Who's taking us off, Grace? Do you want to go or do you want me to? You rip in, big chat. It's great to have you here. So we want to hear this fresh voice and perspective. Okay, I'll, I'll speak a little bit about um, things that, that I found helpful as a young player coming into a sort of uh, senior team or a professional rugby team. Um, there's a couple of things that stand out for me, um, which is where I'll probably start. And, you know, for, for me, a young player who spent, well, pretty much straight from school, so 18 years old, I finished up at high school and then went straight into the Warriors Academy setup. I spent three years in that setup. And one of the real big things that stands out for me as a player and it's something that I really try and live by um, now is you know there were there were some guys that um, were in the senior team at the time that were extremely open about getting to know you and sort of welcoming you to the club and you know, I think for a young player who's coming into a, a professional environment who's kind of finding their feet and um, you know it, it can be quite daunting it can it can be scary and you know you, you don't really know where you stand and and that sort of thing so f for me one thing that really stood out was the was the players that were were just open and and really happy to to get to know you and for me i think that's a real byproduct of authenticity and and sort of understanding themselves because you know one thing that i've come to see is a as a sort of senior player within the, the team that I play in now is that, you know, really, really being open and, and sort of getting to know people and, uh, and that sort of thing. It's, uh, it's, it's a great thing to do to people. It's just a fantastic way of welcoming, welcoming people into a squad and, and making them feel part of what you've got going on. Because, you know, ultimately I think as a player, you are going to, have to give your shirt up to these guys at some point or another. And, you know, if you are sort of truly authentic and coming from a place of understanding and care, and instead of seeing these guys as a threat, instead of seeing these guys as, you know, somebody who could potentially take your shirt, you're, you're going to be a lot more open and try and help nourish these guys and, and, and sort of include them uh, to being a part of the squad and, and, and that sort of thing. So that's one thing that really stood out to me 
as a sort of young player. Uh, the, the guys that, that came from that perspective and, and made an effort to, to, to welcome players in and whatnot, that, that was one thing that stood out for me. So, Graves, I don't know if you want to speak about something, you know, just now instead of me speaking about all the things, because they're probably real similar things that that we've got that we both share. Yeah, I absolutely relate to what you're saying, Adam. And, um, you know, I guess human beings are, are looking for that freedom to express themselves in all that we do. And fundamentally, that's why we play sports. Like, like that's how it starts off when you're a young child. You're playing a game. You're expressing your freedom and enjoyment through that game, you know? So for people to come into a new environment, for them to feel as though they belong, that's where they're going to express their, their true potential, their freedom. And that's where we all know our, our greatest performance shine through from. So really for, like you said, people who may be already in that environment to understand the power of connecting with someone just as they are, it goes such a long way for them. And it's interesting because I hear, uh, you know, obviously we're very interested in these topics, so I read and listen and hear different things. And one of the things that really sticks out to me uh, about the All Blacks rugby team's culture um, that we, you know, you tend to hear quite a lot about these days is when players go in, and I've heard coaches talk about this, I've heard the young players who have sort of just made their debuts talk about this, um, heard older players talk about this when new players go into that environment they're treated and encouraged to to um, share their viewpoints as someone who has just as much value as say a player who's played 100 test matches they don't look at that environment in terms of a hierarchy um, and when I've heard players reflecting on that, how powerful that sort of um, way of looking at people and connection and just a way of being, uh, how, how much power that ha has in terms of them just feeling that freedom to express themselves to their true potential, um, it, it falls right back along what, what we're saying here. When people feel connected and that they belong and that they're on an equal playing field, that's where their best will come through. You know, and it won't be a battle for trying to prove themselves or, you know, or insecurity because they perhaps feel that they don't belong or, um, and it all comes back to that fundamental understanding of you're so much more than what you do or the separate entity or what you've done in the past, you know? And, and in order to see that, rather than just a concept or like a something that you try to implement as like a practice or a tool, in order to understand that you're far more than you appear to be, um, that, that's where exploring your direct experience of, of who you really are rather than the concepts and the labels. Because it's then easy to say, if you just fall for the concepts and labels of who you are, you say, okay, this is me, this is my past. Let's take a rugby player, for example. This is what I've achieved in the past. I've made this rep team, this rep team, this rep team, went to this school, performed at this level. Um, I've played, you know, this amount of games professionally or not. And if you believe that's who you are, you may be limited by those things. Whereas if you understand you're far more than what you've done and achieved in your past, that, that who you are is truly pure potential in this moment now, that pure potential is not defined by what you've done in the past, then you're open to just expand and grow and contribute and connect with people and, 
and and really most of all like, enjoy what you're doing and throw yourself right into it um and it's interesting adam that you say what was most helpful for you um because i still to this day remember the feeling and conversation with guys who i admired and looked up to in, in my team i was saying i was a 19 year old and it was my first professional contract it was really daunting going into the environment you know you're a kid like you're you up until that point, I, I was a fan of that team. There was guys I'd been watching on TV for years. And I, I really felt nervous and was I, did I belong here? And still to this day, I remember there would be certain guys who I admired and idolized for years that were now my teammates. And when they spoke to me on that level playing field, it really allowed so many concepts of limitation to dissolve, you know? And, 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 you know, but to be honest as well, on the flip side of that, professional sport, you know, and I'm sure it's the same in uh, business and, and, you know, I've heard stories of like hierarchy and control and power and, you know, you see it in the school playgrounds. We've got these made up hierarchies with the, you know, the cool kids and the bullies and all of this sort of stuff. And, Without a doubt, in my experience going through professional rugby, and I still see it going on to some extent today, there is a viewpoint of hierarchy. And some young players are looked at like, well, no, you don't belong here. You have to prove yourself. And there's like, there can be a bit of bullying. There can be a bit of putting down. There can be some players don't talk to young players at all. I mean, Sam, we had the lunch the other day with Anton Oliver, former All Black skipper, and he talked about when he was a new All Black, there was very, he said there was very, very much so this view of hierarchy. And it was taken to the extreme. He said, when you're a new player, the senior players wouldn't even talk to you or shake your hand until you had proved yourself or played X amount of games. And there was much of that in my um, early days too, you know, um, and and I still see some of that viewpoint going on today. And it's like, well, how? And sometimes you can have a conversation with a player like, why are you treating a young player like that? And you'll say, well, that's how I got treated, so that's how we do it here. But you got to consider how did that make you feel when you were a young player? Was that of service to you? If you're if you're honest. It wasn't because as we all know, the freedom to belong and express, that's our greatest leverage point, you know. Um, I think I heard an international coach say the other day, oh, we've, we did really well in that game because, you know, oh, they've got 800 caps and we're only going on the pitch with 300 caps or something. So the, the idea that somehow... I think, I, again, I, it might have been the same coach at rolling out the stat that teams with X number of caps win World Cups, teams with less number of caps don't win World Cups. And we seem to be in this world where experience is looked at in terms of time rather than in terms of what we actually know if that makes sense. Now, again, there, there might be a correlation between how many games you've played and the understanding that you have, whether that's around the game or whether that's understanding around people. But again, we get fall into the trap of thinking that that's a cause and effect relationship, that just because you played some, so many games, that's going to give you better insights than someone that's only played 10 games or whatever. Well, to me, that doesn't make sense. You know, you can have an insight at any moment. And like you said, great. Sometimes these kids that are coming into these teams these days are just unbelievable players and they're fresh and they, they maybe don't have a lot of the baggage that maybe older players have got. They're thinking that older players have got and that just allows them to express themselves with freedom. So, again, any time that we start to take a particular, oh, he's a good player because he's got X number of caps or that, the experience he's had is what makes him a good player. Well, there might be a correlation there, but that's not cause and effect. 
and there's a lot of confirmation bias in that as well. You kind of see somebody who's who makes a decision and you put that down to the number of caps that he's got rather than that was the thinking that came to him in that particular moment. Uh, I'm loving what you guys are saying. One thing that I'd just like to kind of pick apart a little bit more um, was something that you mentioned, Grayson, along the lines of, you know, for example, we are maybe in a in an environment and, uh, you know, for, for example, a coach says, you know, I want everybody, uh, no matter what age you are, how long you've been here, to sort of pipe up in a meeting or share your uh, thoughts and, and, and whatnot, just like, you know, our oldest guy would or whatever. Um, you know, and that, that might be the viewpoint that's coming from a coach. But one thing that is absolutely clear from a young player's perspective is the difference between if an older player is coming from that place and it's conceptual or it's understanding. Now, you know, a lot of players and teams will sort of reinforce that concept that the coach is saying, you know, along the lines of, you know, express yourself, but then will sort of go about their the daily business and interactions with players that suggest otherwise. And I think as a young player, when you arrive into a squad and you're kind of finding your way, these things are extremely apparent to you. You can, you can see them a mile out. And you, then on the other hand, you've got players that you, when you speak to them, you just get a sense that they or encouraging you to be yourself and express yourself and, um, and and this type of thing. And, you know, I guess my point is really that there's a massive difference between driving these things conceptually and coming from a point of understanding. And that point of understanding, again, it comes from the, the kind of recognition of, of who you are and that seeing that, that you can see yourself and other people regardless of what they're doing or what they're saying or who they are or who they what what mask they may be wearing um so i think that's you know from from a there's there's really a big difference in that um and i think it's a key and, and i think you've done a good job of explaining it grayson but i think it's it's probably worthwhile digging into it a little bit more um so I, yeah I'd, I'd just like to say that and, and from from a player who's been in a young who's been a young player on a squad, you really do pick up on these things and they don't go by unnoticed. It kind of comes back to what we were saying a couple of weeks ago, Grace, about um, you know the difference between authentic leadership and kind of like, as, as Adam says, leading from a conceptual place where you might have heard that something's a good idea, whether that's inclusion or you know, the way that you speak to players or that you do speak to them or you don't speak to them. I think we had a chat around selection a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, to me, Adam, it links back into what you said at the start of the conversation, which is if you are truly coming from a place of knowing who you are as an older player in the squad and you're, you know, you're not insecure about your place, you know, your position in the team or whatever, that's even though you might be trying to say the right things and do the right things, that's not going to be coming through as authentic because you're still going to have that insecure thinking about yourself. But what you said is so true. If you're, if you're coming from a place of knowing who you are and knowing that whether you get picked in the team or not, isn't what defines you as a human being, that's going to then allow you to present yourself in, in a, in a way to that, to that young player. And that that's, that's that's truthful that's authentic because there's no doubt about it when you are a player and you know for instance you know I'll talk about this from this perspective as well but you know you say you're an established player in the team you may there may be a younger player who's coming through the ranks and it's not to you know, it's not to say that that insecure thinking doesn't happen and you know you, you know, there's many a times where thoughts have popped into my head and I'm thinking, oh, this guy's going to take my position. And, and it may so happen, but when that does happen, it's the actual, um, that there's a lot to be said and a lot of impact and how you go about your kind of, or how you act that out in other ways. 
you know, because it comes from a place of seeing that you're so much bigger than your place in the team, you know, like, and, and it's not to say that, now that, that, that might sound to me that, um, you know, my place in the team isn't important, but of course it is. But what, what I'm trying to say is that the young player that's then taking your shirt that week, you encourage, you you come from a place of, of understanding and care, uh, and you truly do want him to do as well as he can. You know, it's, you know, even though that thinking's going on in the background, you see it for what it is. It's, it's just one perspective. It's, there's nothing necessarily true about it. Um, and, and for me, I think it's, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of myself is, is when these, you know, more limited thoughts arise. You see them for what they are and, and come from a place that's truer uh, to support our younger players because ultimately they're going to be uh, carrying the club on whenever it's time for me to, to leave. Um, so I think that's important, you know, it's definitely important. I like what you're saying. Yeah, thanks for that, Adam. Um, I've got a couple little points that have come up from what you and uh, Sam have just shared. Um, Coming back to, Sam, what you were saying about the the concept of an experienced player, you know, X amount of caps compared to this and comparing and having that comparison and thinking it relates directly to performance or whatever. You know, I've seen many times um, where a concept like of experience, of however many games you play, means you're going to perform better on this coming game than someone with less capped, has actually almost become a limitation. You, you perhaps see a player who's not performing at his greatest, selected, over a player who is perceived with less experience um, based upon a concept. So, so when you base your reality on, reality on a concept, it can become limiting. So, you know, it, it's always helpful to understand and, and it keeps coming back around to see for yourself where your experience comes from, who you really are, you'll see through a lot of the concepts that you've taken to be true and you'll be guided from, you know, far more intuition and insight and in the moment rather than, you know, trying to make your decisions based upon these concepts and beliefs and theories that aren't aren't true, you know. The other one, Adam, that, that I really like what you're saying is at the end of the day, we actually all want everyone to do well, you know. Uh, only when we're really sort of caught up in misunderstanding or struggling do you not want someone to do well, you know? And you don't truly not want to do well, you're just in misunderstanding. That comparison or that feeling of lack or it's that viewpoint that you need something to go your way for you to be okay. And that's not true. What we're saying here is, like you said, and of course your spot on the team is, uh, means a lot to you and you value that and you work hard and you give your all. But in your heart, the truth is you're not defined by your spot in the team. You're not defined by what you do. You're not defined by labels. Uh, you're not defined by you know, people's perspective, perception of you. So the more we can understand that, the more we release ourselves from that suffering, because it's suffering to to sort of be comparing yourself to someone or judgmental or um, insecure about your spot in the team. Um, and it's going to pass through our thoughts and our feelings, but we can begin to challenge ourselves, well, is that true? Do I, am I a better uh, being if I'm starting for this team or not? And if you don't understand, then your, your reality your, can become dictated by the circumstances, so it seems. Whereas when you understand who you are truly, you can navigate challenging situations. You know, and as we know well, like, the picture changes all, all the time, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player. But if you think you're defined by like, how things are going or selection or wins or losses, 
when things are going well, if you believe that it's the fine law what you're doing, you're going to get insecure about things not going well. And then if things are not going well, you're just going to think you're not good enough and you're going to feel down. So you just can't win. Whereas when you understand who you are, it's never defined by these circumstances. You can throw yourself all in. You enjoy what you're doing. Yes, you feel uh, disappointed or down if you, perhaps you get dropped or you don't win. But it's not a definitive thing. It's in that moment. And you can see clearly the solution or where to go from there or the fact that, no, I am okay. When you misunderstand it, it, it truly we can become irrational as well, get weighed down by things, and that's when things perpetuate. And do you know what's cool is the more I came to understand this, the more I saw that, say, a young guy got picked ahead of me, of course I'd feel disappointed because I want to play. We all want to be out there playing. But you know, some of the coolest things were like, wow, imagine how it feels for this young guy. He must be so excited. And then you can almost feel that excitement for them and with them. And then it comes full circle to a deeper realization that really, there's not that much between us. If you can sense where they're coming from, you, you start to realize, holy heck, maybe we're not separate entities after all. Maybe we're coming from the same place. And then that's when you start to see, well, shit, if he's winning, so am I. And rather than it being like a, almost like a consolation prize, but oh, no, well, if he's doing well, I'm happy. You see it as something that's true within yourself. And, and, and then you become, you know, that's you expressing truth and understanding and, and love and those are the teammates that bring out the best in the environment and and are resilient as well and contributing and and are valued by the team as well. So true, mate, and it ties into what we were talking about in terms of culture, um, where the more that a team realizes that they are all one being, that they are. They are. There is a shared consciousness that they are. You know, it's it's what team spirit means. What what does team spirit means? Well, it's a spiritual understanding that we're all connected. And the more a team feels that, and the more that you see that in yourself, and you see that in the players and the coaches and the fans and the the wider community, the more that that comes out in the way you play. I love that. Okay, guys. Well, let's maybe um, move the conversation on to um, maybe the other end of, of, of transition. Um, Adam, you and I were talking off air just before uh, we started this about, um, you know, you've seen maybe some guys in your team over the last few months and years that have, have moved on into maybe a career after rugby. And I know Grace and you and I have had conversations about, you know, maybe what you're going to do when you, when you finish playing. So yeah, Adam, do you want to share some, some thoughts around that? Yes, absolutely, Sam. Um, yeah, I think I'll, you know, I'm obviously still in the depths of my playing career, but um you know, I think what I'll share is something that's come off the back of um, quite a few conversations with players that have, you know, recently retired after 10, 15 year careers that have stumbled onto certain things unfolding in their life. Um, and certain, and these certain things that I'm talk, going to talk about are things that are a lot more common and normal than we often think if it's the first time that these things may have occurred for us. So, um, you know, the, the wonderful thing about being in a sports team um, is that, and especially if you're playing as 
professional player is you get to turn up for work every day and be around 40 guys who are also doing the same thing as you and you know most guys that are involved in that environment are loving what they're doing so it's, it's a very fortunate position and you spend a lot of time together you know throughout the training week you know you travel to away games on the weekend you're with each other for three four days straight sometimes and um and what comes with this is a lot of the word I want to use is distraction, but it's not really distraction. It's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff happening around you, a lot of conversations to be had, a lot of interactions and speaking to people and all the rest of it. And uh, one sort of thing that you know I've spoken to about guys that have sort of been in that environment for 10 or 15 years and then transitioned out of that environment into maybe working um, for some sort of company or you know spending a lot more time on their own is that they often experience sort of feelings of uh, maybe just being a little bit more lonely and sort of feeling secluded and um, yeah a little bit lost at times and you know I think when I hear this it reminds me of um, you know often things that you hear spoken about in, uh, and, and, and learning about the mind or being involved in meditation where, you know, you sort of spend a lot of time with yourself and quite often this sort of, I don't know how, I, I want to say sort of three to five hour period that people spend uh, when, if they're maybe doing meditation or something like that can be quite uncomfortable. It can be quite a... Uh, a sort of uneasy time for people because you know we're so used to living in this world and and sort of being involved in objective interactions you know there's thousands of things that we could be doing or focusing on but then we get to this point where you know we've got a lot of time to spend ourselves and you know I guess you know, different emotions and thoughts that I guess you know we may have been distracting ourselves from start to rise to the foreground of our experience and um, this this is a you know one thing that I'll say is, is this is a, a normal thing and it's actually something I've even experienced myself um, being interested in, in, in learning about the mind and learning about what is the essence and what's true about our experience and our mind is that you know sometimes that can be the case is um, you know when you sort of isolate yourself from all the distractions that are out there in the world for a sort of period of time, you know, sometimes it does get uneasy. And, you know, for me, um, it seems to be a kind of recurring theme and recurring conversation that I'm having with people that are uh, exiting from the game. And, um, and really, I just wanted to mention that because it's such a, it's such a normal thing. It's, it's actually a natural process. It's like a, a snake shedding its skin. It's like a, it's, it's, it's an evolution, I guess you could say. It's a way of, of, of the, our being evolving and, um, and learning and growing. And, you know, I think, I think we can, you know, as a, as, a, as a group of people that are involved in professional sport can start to see this from different eyes. You know, it, it's, not such a, it's not such a bad thing. It's not such a... Um, you know, a thing that needs to not be spoken about or whatever. I think we can see it in a different light. And it's really just, I think, as adjusting to to um, the, the different environments that, that, that we find ourselves in. Um, so, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I mean, I, I don't know. It's maybe a, a good entry point into the conversation. I don't know if you guys want to uh, take away from here. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I obviously come from a, a, a background of, of, of golf where it is much more of a, a solitary sport. You spend an awful lot of time playing and practicing on your own. And one of the things that I have really enjoyed kind of getting to know you guys and also working now with, the, with some of the teams that I work with is that the experience of being with a group of people, that connection that you get, the bond that you get, it does change the 
it changes the experience. So I think maybe one of the reasons why golf is, is seen as such a, a mental sport, if you want to put it like that, or a sport where the mind plays such a big role is, is because it is seen as solitary, you are spending a lot of time on your own. And I remember that being one of the things that attracted me to golf when I was a kid. You know, I kind of felt like, I don't know, maybe I was, I, you know, I got into golf when I was a teenager and maybe I was becoming a little bit more introverted anyway. And, you know, I was, I was searching a little bit for, for my own identity or whatever. But that wanting to separate from, I guess, your parents or from your family, it's something that most young men go through. And sports and, and a, a particular team environment like rugby or football, it almost becomes your new family you know so you've you've done the natural thing of breaking away from your from your parents and and starting to establish yourself as 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 your own person but then to be able to share that as i say get that feeling of connection and that bonding with another group of people that's that seems to me like a very healthy healthy thing and i i certainly regret giving up team sports as early as I did I pretty much stopped playing team sports when I was 14 or 15 because I was just playing golf so it was certainly something that I feel was one of the contributors to the to the kind of not so good place I found myself in in my in my early 20s where I I really wasn't seeing life very clearly and it was maybe because I'd almost retreated into that that space that you're saying Adam where it's it's a very uneasy feeling to not have that connection to be, to be on your own for a long period of time. And I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, when we, you know, when we find this sort of thing occurring in our life, I think, you know, it's actually, it's what we could call a blessing in disguise because it really is, it's an invitation from source to begin to ask ourselves some pretty important questions about who and what we are and to, to start, I guess, I think investigating our experience a little bit more and, um, and you know, as us guys have learned here, you know, it's been one of the most beneficial things that we have and probably the most beneficial thing we've come to see in our lives is, um, you know, what is the, the true nature of the mind and what is what is uh, meant when people speak about this? Uh, you know, it's, it's often a difficult situation when you find yourself in a, in a space like that. But, you know, it's, it's a blessing in disguise, I think. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good can come from it. So, you know, that's been one thing that I've tried to remind teammates um, of, you know, when, when in positions like this, because... Um, often the, the biggest learning can come out of times like this. You know, the more I've sort of reflected and come to understand and, and realign with, uh, I guess, what we would refer to, for lack of better words, as, I mean, our, our true nature, um, you know, and what I mean by that is who we are, before all the concepts and theories and ideas of who we are and what we need. Um, what I've come to see is like, it's inevitable throughout life, we're going to face changes. Big changes, small changes, hardships, loss, um, you know, loss of loved ones. Um, loss of things, our health is going to change, our body's going to change, jobs are going to change, environment's going to change, like, like these things are inevitable. And the more we're caught up in these concepts and beliefs and the conditioned thinking that are sort of, sadly, our culture, uh, superimposes onto us the more we struggle with these changes and that's because it seems to us that our happiness and our value as a human being is dependent upon our circumstances 
And this is a prime example. Like, that's why I've, I've come to see sport as such a blessing in, in terms of you get these magnified lessons of life through sport, you know? Um, so you will inevitably face a change in your environment, the people you're around, uh, the enjoyment maybe of uh, what you're doing day in, day out. Like you're playing a game at the end of the day, a, a sport, and doing it every day. And I mean, I know we forget that at times, but really, actually, that's what it is that we're doing. We're playing a game. Um, and and if you, but if you believe that who you are is made more valuable by that, or by the income, or by the notoriety, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle while you're playing and when you transition. While you're playing, you're going to feel insecure about losing it. And when you do transition, there's going to be a lot of feelings of lack because what you thought defined you is no longer there. Now, to start to understand that, in fact, what has allowed you and me and us to create and connect and flourish and do great things and achieve and enjoy what we do is innately within us all. It's not caused by what we do. It can't be taken away by what we do or a change of circumstance, although it's very normal for it to seem that way because that's what thought will point to, the cause and effect of the environment, of things, of circumstances, titles, income, all these things. That's what the level that thought operates on, right? To begin to understand that your value was complete from day one when you're born into this world. It's never made more or less by what you've done. When you can understand that within yourself and see that to be true, then you start to navigate things with clarity and understanding. You show resilience. You stop fearing the future. And, and you know, like, how many of us can relate to having fears of the future made up in our thoughts? And when that moment comes, it's not what we anticipated. We actually have a lot more going for us than we thought we did. You know, but we suffer in that moment based upon these stories of what's going to happen in the future. Now, you're not suffering the future. You're just suffering made-up concepts now in your thoughts, believing them to be true. That's what suffering is. So it's inevitable that you're going to have these kind of thoughts and feelings and comparisons. But to the extent in which you understand fundamentally who you are at your source, is what allows these to either stay and be the lens through which you see life and become limited by or live fearfully by, or you see through them and they start to dissolve and you come from that place of freedom. The same freedom that allowed you to express your talents on a sporting field and make a career out of it. That, that, that comes from your source. If you see your source, you can express that into other areas of your life. I mean, I heard a real cool story. A, a, a guy told me the other day, he said, when my first child was born, I, I, it was, he said it was a very insightful moment for me because I held him, I held my son and I looked at him and he said, I just knew in my heart that this little baby was complete and perfect right in this moment. Now, as complete as he'll ever be. And, and he said, and I saw that no degree, no income, no uh, report card, no nothing could make this child more complete. But he said, what allowed that to be a powerful realisation within myself was 
if that's true for my son, that's true for all of us, yet we easily overlook it when we get caught up in these thoughts and conditioned beliefs of what we need. And what we're just doing our best to point to, and I know what the three of us have has found have found like profoundly freeing and liberating uh, in our lives is that that is true and that it's readily available to be seen within all of us. It's got nothing to do with religion. It's got nothing to do with your upbringing or your environment now or your beliefs. It's a simple recognition of what's aware, what is your source, what, what is constant within you right now. And if you, you understand that you're able to turn your attention to that, rather than all the thoughts and feelings and beliefs and circumstances, if, if you understand you have the ability to turn your attention to your source, uh, what you'll see is that source is always peaceful and, and always complete and always connected. If you know that you can refer back to that, you start to realign with that and it shines through what you're doing, you know? And and I know for a fact, like in my own like career and relationships and activities, like before I used to do so many things to try and find a feeling of like value or completeness or happiness. Whereas now I just keep referring back to the fact that my source is happiness and it's there to be seen. It is complete. It is uh, love and freedom. And then, and then what I've found is my activities and the things that I do, rather than being a striving to find those things, they, they just become an expression of it. And, and then you go back again to, like we said, that, that child, you're playing a game. Because you never actually stop being that same child at heart. You just get all these ideas and theories thrown on top of things that aren't facts, but we take them to be facts. So really this exploration is about brushing those aside and then seeing for ourselves what's true. I absolutely love what you said there, Grayson. You said um, something along the lines of it's not about religion, it's not about um, X, Y, Z. It's also not about spirituality or anything else. This is just about our direct experience of what's going on. And, you know, the rest of it is just concepts. It's what we say, it's what we label things and believe them to be true. It's just that there's nothing truthful about these labels. And that's why I think, and that, I think that's what gets people stuck about wanting to explore themselves is that they think that they become something, but they actually, it's the opposite way around. <laughs> they don't become anything, they become just what they already were. And as you say, that's the, that's the ultimate blessing, I think, in life is to, is to reignite with that source of peace that you always were and always have been, but have just forgotten um, through believing our thinking. It's really as simple as that. Um, so really nicely put. Yeah, whenever we, who we are is tied up with our role or our, you know, our label that we wear, whether it's a professional rugby player, whether it's a golfer, whether it's a coach, whether it's a business leader or whatever. And we think that either losing that can diminish us or the opposite way around for a younger player coming into a team who believes that making the squad or making the team will enhance who they really are. It's just two flavours of the same misunderstanding, isn't it? It's that loss of understanding that we're complete as we are. You know, it's, it's about understanding and, and, and finding peace, happiness, fulfilment, whatever that might be is about stripping away the labels that we've put on how life needs to be, how, what we need to achieve in order to become happy because you can't become happy. You are happy. You've just forgotten it. Absolutely. That, that, that sums it up beautifully. 
what you've both just said there, like, I, I know in my heart couldn't be true. Every single one of us has the capacity to be truly free and happy in this moment now. And, and all, all that's getting in the way of that is these made-up stories of what we need to be happy, where to get to, what it's dependent upon, you know. And, and you look at a, a small child. Could, we've spoken about this, Sam. Like you, you see these kids, for example, like in Rio de Janeiro in slums, and they're absolutely loving life, running around. Uh, playing football, expressing their talents, enjoying what they do, you know, and, and there's, there's nothing veiling what's true within them. Um, and that, that's the truth for all of us, you know. Uh, and, and like Adam said, it's not like some exotic, different spiritual far-fetched exploration it's it's actually it's actually the most simple practical thing in our life but it's just the most overlooked and most misunderstood guys that's been a really really great conversation um we're up to nearly an hour so i guess we should wrap up you guys got anything you want to sum up there or are you guys okay i am absolutely okay sammy uh, it's been good chat and good conversation really enjoyed it myself um and yeah take it easy everybody take care yeah now thanks for the chat guys good to have uh, adam back on for a chat and as always sammy uh for anyone out there who's listening um Feel free to get in touch with any of us um, through email, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we've been having some amazing conversations, workshops with teams, coaches, parents, um, you know, talking, relating this understanding into business as well. Uh, and, and we've been absolutely loving it. And, you know, we just love the conversation, so we're happy for anyone out, anyone to reach out if they have questions. Um, please do. Perfect, guys. Really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you so much, and uh, let's talk again soon.